Um, so, Sean, uh, Sean Rees, who is um, head of the Evangelical Alliance for Wales, um, who is an absolute legend. Um, so I'm going to invite her up and, um, yeah. Great. So, Sean, welcome. Thank you so much for coming to join us. And um, I've got a couple of questions for you, first of all. So, do you just want to outline a little bit? What is your role? How long have you been in it? What sort of stuff have you been up to so far? Father Zach, good morning. Hello, Katie and Sally. Oh, hello. Um, just saying hello to all friends. So um, I started in role in January. Um, I was teaching in the school of John Bright in Llandudno, um for more years than I can even add up, probably about 17 or something until December. Um, and then, yeah, I got this job as a director of Evangelical Alliance Wales. I mean, if ever you want a testimony to, you know, how good God is and how kind, it's the fact that I got this job. Um, because I've been dreaming of the things I do day to day since I was 17. And um, you were mentioning your small groups about being in the 20s. I wouldn't fit in that group anymore. Um, I'd be in, um, in, in Karen's group, so. <laughs> um, so I've been, <laughs> I've been dreaming of um, what I do day to day since I was 17. So how good is God that the dreams and the desires of my heart in the last, uh, well, I'm 43 to something, I don't know, for a long while, I get to do now. God is so faithful. So I get to um, talk with different leaders, so whether that's church leaders, network leaders, businessmen and women, um, assembly members, um, bishops. Oh, I had to behave that day. Um, <laughs> it's okay. That was the Bishop of Bangor. He's my old um, youth worker, so that's fine. I curtsied as I, as I saw him. Um, so just meeting with key leaders across Wales, trying to get people to really unite and, um, you know, our strap line is together, making Jesus known. And that is everything to me. That is what I'm completely about. So um, just getting people to meet together. You know, I introduced two pastors to each other in Cardiff that live three miles apart. One's been ministering there for eight years. One's been there for 13 or 14. Can't truthfully remember. Didn't know each other. And I was having coffee with one in Starbucks. And um, another guy walked past. I was like, oh. Come and sit. Do you not know each other? So um, just uniting people so that people don't reinvent the wheel. And you know that where there's unity, there's blessing. So um, a lot of unity work, a lot of preaching, speaking about Jesus. Woohoo! Um, and then there's the advocacy side as well. So I sit on a lot of committees with the Wales office and at the Welsh Assembly Government. Things like the First Minister's Forum, the Interfaith um, Council, which isn't as bad as it sounds because we actually run it. So it's not like... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my day. Goodness. Um, just to say on the small groups thing, we are renegotiating the name change of the 20s group um, because I'm about to fall off the end of that uh, conveyor belt. So it might be the 20s and 30s group soon coming up. Right. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> and, <laughs> and next... Um, so what can we as a community, so you might not be aware, we as a church are part of uh, the Evangelical Alliance. We um, kind of uh, sign up to be part of that group. So what can we um, as a community be joining with, praying with you? Like what's coming up, what's raising your faith levels over the next six or 12 months that we can join with you in prayer and maybe practically, um, yeah, and then I'll let you speak to us. Um, 
Well, I've been me meeting, as I said, with loads of key leaders in the last five months. But there are three themes, would you believe, that are coming out across the nation. The first one is people are desperate to partner. Like, I'm talking, we're at the end wit's end, and um, we're tired, and we're getting burnt out, and we have got to partner, okay? So people are desperate to partner with other like-minded people. And when I say like-minded, don't get too het up on the details. I'm talking about people who love Jesus, end of. Um, so you could really pray that we'd facilitate that. Second thing um, that's coming up is church planting. Oh, come on, you must be more excited about that. Come on. Imagine a nation whose agenda is to partner and to church plant. Like, this is unheard of. These are like new times. This is a new season in Wales. And then the third thing, and it's wild that you've mentioned it, is the training up and the releasing of people in their 20s and 30s. So um, that we've not got... So I said I'm 42, okay? There would be some people who would still see me as an emerging leader. Not a chance, right? There are kids in that room over there who are leaders. They have emerged. We just need to release them into whatever God's got for them within our communities. But boy, they don't need to emerge. They are leaders already. So those three, three, those three things are really on my heart for the nation. And as I said, you know, um, and I'll speak more into this as I tell you about the work of the Alliance. It's, it's about making Jesus known. I find Jesus totally irresistible. I don't know about you. I don't know how people can even consider him and reject him, but I don't think a lot of people have considered him. And there's one thing that's for sure, this secularist kind of society that is around us and has been created, it's not working. It is not working. Everything that can be shaken is shaking. And so people need a rock, and we have the rock on which we can you know, build our lives, the, the person who is the most trustworthy, faithful, inspirational, loving God that you can imagine. And we just need to get out there and tell people about him. So there's some things you can pray into. <laughs> just little ones then. So um, that's great. So Sean's going to be speaking to us now and like sharing a little bit more. But let me pray for you uh, before we begin. And then, yeah. So Lord Jesus, we just lift this amazing woman of God up to you. And um, we just pray that as we listen and as we take in all that she brings, that we just catch some of her heart for you and for this nation. We just pray that, um, yeah, the words that she speaks will ignite something in our hearts that will um, set a blaze across this island, across this, um, this region and across this nation that will see your name be known, that Jesus becomes famous in Wales. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Well, thanks so, so much for the privilege. I never, ever take a privilege. Um, I can't speak this morning. Can, can I do this in Welsh and someone interpret? <sighs> or maybe I'll do it in tongues. That would be easier. <coughs> I never take the privilege of opening God's word for granted. That's what I wanted to say. Like, this is dynamite. This is absolute dynamite. And it changes lives, as we know. So I never take the privilege of um, coming and speaking with a different congregation lightly. Honestly, thank you so, so much. And um, I just love hearing 
especially on Facebook, of what you're all up to. It makes my heart sing, so thank you. Um, just to start, before I get into the word, can we watch the little um, video just so you can see what we're up to? Have you heard of the Evangelical Alliance? Ever wondered what we're for? We're all for unity. When we look around, we are heartbroken to see the nations we love riddled with division. Division in families, division in political parties, division in communities. But we are all for painting a different picture. One of a growing, vibrant, united church, colourful and diverse, and standing firmly on God's word. We are here to fulfil Jesus' prayer that we might become the family of God united. One people, one voice, one hope. We're all for advocacy. When the world questions the relevance of our faith, we demonstrate to the UK parliaments and assemblies how Christians are absolutely good news for society. We tell stories of how the church is housing the homeless, feeding the hungry and bringing much needed public leadership to towns and cities. We give voice to the church, speaking out on the issues that matter. When our faith is being pushed to the sidelines, we want to graciously and coherently fight for the religious liberty of all. We challenge the story. We say there's a better way. And we're all for mission. In a broken, hopeless world, we show how Jesus changes everything. We want to see many people invited into a relationship with him because salvation through Jesus is the best thing possible. We exist to unite the church in evangelism and equip people like you to share your faith with confidence and boldness. We encourage the whole church to play a part in fulfilling the awesome challenge that is the Great Commission. What is the Evangelical Alliance for? We're for you, the Jesus-following teachers, police officers, CEOs, farmers, doctors, church leaders, artists, factory workers, retailers and journalists who are busy being salt and light in the world. We are for you, so join us. So just a really, really quick and shameless plug um, for EA. We are a member organisation and we're so thrilled that Lighthouse is um, part of that organisation because we literally get to speak on your behalf at the highest levels of government and media. And I'm not just talking about the Wales Office and the Welsh Assembly Government, I'm talking about cabinet. We have desks in cabinet, people who are molding and shaping um, different policies, different consultations. Um, obviously, I can't say a lot on microphone, <laughs> but trust me, I can, you know, in private, I can fill you in a lot more on um, the impact you are having um, as our evangelical constituents across the UK. And trust me, your voice is being heard. Um, whether it's being acted upon, sometimes we question, but your voice is being heard because we are week in, week out being asked, you know, what do um, the people who follow Jesus in this nation think about dot, dot, dot. And really, um, we have tens of thousands of members, individual members, and um, we're able to say, well, actually, as a follower of Jesus, somebody who loves Jesus Christ and puts him first, this is what we believe. Um, and that belief goes back thousands of years. It's not just a whim that society's come up with or culture has, has shaped and formed, but actually we're able to bring the truth of God's word. So I would absolutely love to invite you this morning to become an individual member. It costs three pounds, which is the cost of one latte in Cardiff. How much does a latte cost on the island? 
75p. It's that instant, is it? <laughs> For the cost of one latte a month, you get to add your voice to the tens of thousands of people, the thousands of churches, and the hundreds of organizations that we represent. And today, you will get a few freebies as well. Little keyring, cheeky keyring, little bag in Barry's color. I thought that'd be good. Oh, what else have I got for you? I've got a little cookbook. Anybody like cooking? Nobody likes cooking. Well, you need a cookbook then. You need to up your skills. So um, simply eat stories of food and faith. Um, there's also some freebies over there. So the blue bags aren't freebies. They're for the people who sign up. We've got some resource, um, Speak Up being one of them. This is written by the Lawyers Christian Fellowship and EA in partnership. If you ever wondered, what can I say in society without, you know, my religious uh, liberties being impinged on? Speak Up is for you. No, not at all. Beautiful. <laughs> Should we just get into the word, shall we? I'll see you over there later if you'd like to um, become a member. Let me come close to you. I actually, um, when I heard the, the series that you've been looking at just recently about rebuilding, restoring, renewing, on the first morning of my job at EA, God spoke really clearly to me. And there's a passage that I've been dwelling in for the last maybe six or eight months that just came alive again to me back in January. And so when I heard about what you're doing here and how you're building, this was just like perfect. So I've actually got another two-minute video. Are you okay watching a bit of media this morning? Good. Let's go for it. Oh, how disappointing. Um, okay, well, what I was going to show you, um, maybe because it's, are you clicking on the purple thing? Won't run through the software. Okay, not a problem. How many of you have seen Martin uh, Luther King's I Have a Dream speech? Yeah? So essentially what he was doing was reimagining what the state of America could be <laughs> with a new sort of dream. He was saying... Essentially, I have a dream of this, I have a dream of that. And what I've come to share with you this morning is the need to reimagine what Wales could look like under the sovereignty of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to reimagine what could be possible this morning. So whatever state you find yourself in here this morning, whatever your story is, whether you're in a good place or in a bad place, I want you to know that God has got a plan and a dream and a purpose for your life. He's created you with unique talents, with unique giftings, with the intention that you'd use those giftings to build and extend his kingdom here on earth. You're very quiet, by the way. You can like go, yeah, all right, or mm, amen, if you want, if you agree with anything I say. God has created us to be his hands and feet, the hands and feet of Jesus on this earth, and he quite literally trusts us with this minute, this moment in history, to do his will. That's a big ask, isn't it? 
that he trusts us to be his hands and feet. He trusts us with this moment in history to outwork his plan to build his kingdom here on earth. He doesn't see you as useless or weak or without gifting. God has never created anything or anybody who is disappointing to him in any way. He has literally placed his hope in you. And he trusts you to use what he's placed inside of you to extend the kingdom of God here on earth. And if I've got one prayer for you this morning, one thing that I'm asking of God would be that you would leave here with the intention of finding out what God has planned and purposed for your life. You see, you're not just an individual in a crowd. You're far more valuable, far more precious to God than that. He knows you personally, inside out, and he'll equip you for every task that he has called you to do. He plans for us um, to transform our communities. He plans for you to transform this island, but not just the island, to transform Wales and the nation and the nations. He plans for us to transform our schools, our workplaces, our land. Cymru fach, For you to look at Ephesians 2.10, it says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Some translations say we are God's masterpieces. Imagine that. That's not speaking of somebody without worth or value. We're God's masterpieces, his handiwork. So you've been created from the purposes of God into the purposes of God and for the purposes of God. We're created in Christ Jesus and God never creates mistakes. Isn't that good news this morning? Yeah. God's literally placed dreams inside each one of our hearts. As I said, Martin Luther King, when he was delivering that famous speech, what he was doing was reimagining what life could look like for the black people of America. That was his dream and a noble dream. But I wonder what your dream is. I have two scrapbooks at home. Maybe I should have brought them with me, actually. That I've been... Um, filling up with what I dream God might use my life for. I don't want to just live for the weekend and for the holidays. I want each day to count. I want it to stand for something. I want to um, reach the end of of my life and literally be empty because I've given everything away that God has ever placed inside me. I don't want to (laughs) drift. Amen. Anybody else determined to make this count? So sometimes I just go and... um, Alan and Liz know that I like coffee. I sometimes just go and sit in a cafe with a little journal and I just write down what I'm dreaming about with God um, for that week. And I've been doing that over the course of decades. I just sit down intentionally, say, Lord, speak to me. Help me to reimagine what might be possible with you um, and me working together. I have a dream. This is my dream. I dream of a biblically literate nation, not a nation who picks up its phone in the morning and goes, oh, I've had a scripture, (laughs) you Bible has just given me a verse, oh, wonderful, oh, I've had my quiet time, glory. 
I dream of a nation that actually understands the word of God, that is nourished by it, that understands what our inheritance is, his promises, what can we pray to him for, what's God's character like, etc., etc. And I dream of seeing that in Wales. That's what I've dreamt of since I was 17. I wonder if you need to dream again. I wonder whether you need to reimagine what God might have for you, for your family, for this nation. So I'm going to turn, um, do you have Bibles or do you, do you have phones? Oh, both, that's good. I'm going to turn left from the Gospel of Matthew um, to a part of the Old Testament that we probably don't look at too often, to the book of Numbers. And I honestly have forgotten that Rachel and Alan had a Caleb, but we're going to look at Caleb. Forgive me, Caleb, if he's listening. Love him. I want to take some time this morning to look at some people who reimagined what might be possible. So if you're heading into Numbers, can you turn to Numbers 13? Let me give you some context. God had already promised, already promised that his people would get to live in freedom and in the promised land, a land that would be flowing with milk and honey. So just keep that in mind as we um, turn to verses one to three. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders. They were all leaders of Israelites. Great. So, Moses obeys the instructions of the Lord. Hands up, who knows that that's a good call. You hear God, you do what he says. <laughs> yeah, me too. And he sends out representatives from each of the 12 tribes to spy out the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised to them, remember that, as their inheritance. What were they being asked to, to look at? Well, here's verse 17. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and onto the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? I love the detail that's in this passage. Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob towards Lebo Hamath. So this was no small job. These guys would have had to literally travel hundreds of miles. In fact, the Bible says that it took them 40 days. That's a long time to undertake this journey. What did they find? Verse 26. Yeet. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. And they presented him with some kind of grapes. So good times, there's fruit there. <laughs> it is a fruitful place. 
happy days. The reporting back to Moses and Aaron is going great. I mean, you know, they've even got some physical evidence of what they found until the very next words. But, does anybody class themselves as an optimist in here? Yeah, of a sunny, cheerful disposition. You know when you just hear all the greatness and you're like, you've entered that zone of like, and then somebody does a but. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. So whereas the spies began their report saying how great everything was and giving a good report, things really quickly turn really negative and a little bit sour. And the men start to complain that the people appeared to be powerful. I mean, the cities were fortified, and they questioned if they could break through. And <laughs> But look what happens next. A man called Caleb steps up to the mark. Then Caleb silenced the people. If you've got a Bible, put a massive line or highlight through that. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. So, wow, <laughs> at last, at least somebody had some faith for what God had been promising them. I mean, God had already said, we said that three times already, he'd already said that this was the land he would give them. But did you notice that Caleb has to silence the negativity? Shush. No more. Caleb silenced the people. And I think so often we skip from the spying of the land. And we think, okay, that's the task. And we go straight into the rah, 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 we're going to take the nation. But actually, not everybody's ready to take the nation. Even when God's promised it sometimes, we can be like, oh, really? Is it now? Is now the time? Caleb had to silence that. He had to shush the negativity. We should go up, he says, and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. He wasn't going to allow the unbelief of the other spies to affect his belief that God would keep his promise. Caleb was seeing through the eyes of faith and through the filter of what God had already promised. And when you and I start to reimagine what God has for us and for our nation, we might well have to silence the negativity along the way. I mentioned earlier that, you know, I've been dreaming of a biblically literate nation since I was 17. Do you think that everybody's come with me on that journey? I'd love to say that they had. That's just not the case, and I've had to say, shh. Don't crowd my head with negativity. This is what I am contending for. This is what I'm standing for. And this is what we're going to do. Whatever your dream is, I'd be really surprised, really surprised and really pleased, actually, if you found that everybody came with you on your journey. Sometimes being a dreamer and a believer is a lonely place, but contend for it. Don't allow yourself to get discouraged if people don't see through the same filter of faith as you. God's spoken, God has spoken. 
So don't allow the negativity and disappointment downgrade your hope. Amen? All of the men who went to spy out the land saw the same thing. But not all of them saw the same thing. Does that make sense? I'll say it again. So all the spies saw the same thing, but not all of them in their hearts saw the same thing. Let's try and be people who see and perceive what God has promised in our lives. Some people will honestly laugh at your dreams. And I mean, I've had that. Who does she think she is? Biblical illiterate Wales. Really? I mean, have you seen how rubbish she is? She can't even speak her two languages properly. She hasn't got great GCSEs. I mean, she's just a teacher. Who does she think she is? Taking on those committees. I don't care. I love Jesus. And if people ask me what he thinks, I'll say. I don't mind sharing about Jesus. That's my privilege and my joy. You know, if Wales is going to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we've got to start believing for more, reimagining what might be possible. We've got to start dreaming bigger dreams. Amen? Yeah, so if we just think small, we'll get small. (laughs) Yeah, but somehow we've got to break out of this notion of, well, this little old me, and I, I, I lived in Bangor for 23 years, and God didn't see me there, and he doesn't see me. Of course he does. Whatever God has placed in your heart, he will <laughs> accomplish his plans and his purposes. I need to calm down. <coughs> Actually, no, I don't. Let's not allow negativity to downgrade our hope and our trust in God. There will always be situations that we can't change, but we can always change the atmosphere. Amen? Always. So what was the reaction of the crowd to Caleb? Well, they responded with fear. Have a look at verse 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. Descendants of Anak came from the Nephilim. We seemed, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Now there's a problem here. Because their words were not just completely opposed to Caleb's words. They're completely opposed to what God had promised. They were ignoring God's promise that he would walk with them and that he would win victory over the enemy. They were clearly more frightened of the other men than they were of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? They were clearly more het up about pleasing man than they were about pleasing God and contending for what he'd already promised. You see, verse 33 there, um, just before there, tells us that they saw themselves like grasshoppers. They saw themselves like grasshoppers standing in front of giants. They were choosing to see themselves through their own human eyes rather than through the filter of faith. But before we do a downer on them (laughs) and think, oh, they're a bit stupid, that's exactly what we do with ourselves sometimes, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm not clever enough. I haven't got any experience. I haven't got a contact. 
that have had coke. Come on, be honest. Sometimes we see ourselves and others as grasshoppers. Lots of people believe in God, but not everybody believes his promises. That involves faith. And faith is the adventure that we're called to. I love that I have to be on my face in prayer. I, you know, perhaps it's me enjoying living on the edge, not having a clue what she's doing and having to trust God. But I kind of like that in some weird way. Are you not up for an adventure with God? Like seriously, if you want to settle for mediocre and just kind of secure and maybe a little bit. Fine, that's good. But do you know what? There's more. There's an adventure that we can have with Jesus. And if there's adventure going, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Back to Caleb, things start to go from bad to worse. And this is where we're kind of going to land today. That night, this is Numbers 14 now, all of the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. <laughs> so like the whole community is having a meltdown at the same time. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Oh, leadership, eh? And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Let's have a reality check here. You know about Egypt. They weren't free at all in Egypt, were they? Were they? <laughs> And yet they moaned and whinged and whined and cried and meltdowned. But what they were wishing for was to be back in captivity. That's a typical human mindset. Sometimes we don't step into the new thing because we're so comfortable in our old ways. Does that sound familiar? I could have stayed teaching, and I love teaching. I um, was really happy at school as in teaching at school. <laughs> um, and it was comfortable. I knew what I was doing. But ultimately, it wasn't the adventure anymore. And God was calling me into something new. And there was a question mark. You know, would I disqualify myself and think, oh, the giants are too big? Or would I actually step in and step up to something new with God? Sometimes we don't step into the new thing. We're just so comfortable in our old ways. Anybody? Freedom and the promised land were within sight, and yet they were too afraid. They'd forgotten the hardship and the oppression of Egypt. All they can remember was that there was food there to fill the bellies. Verse 5, please. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of him, who were there among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection's gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. So Moses and Aaron have fallen face down. They start tearing their clothes apart. Oh, 
trying to persuade the crowd, remember, come on, think back, what has God promised? Don't be fearful, he'll see us through. But it just charged up the crowd even more, verse 10, please. Then the glory of the Lord, oh thank goodness, the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? We just hate for that to be said about us. How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I've performed among them? I'll strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. So Moses here is pleading on behalf of the people, and he pleads God's love and faithful over them, faithfulness over them. And God forgave them. So listen to this last scripture for this morning. Verse 21, nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one, not one who saw my glory in the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. Not one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Look at this. But because my servant, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So let me finish with a challenge. Do you carry a different spirit? Who or what is your confidence in? Do you see things through the filter of faith or through the filter of fear? When you um, gave your life to Jesus, did you really give your life or did you give just a part? Because there's an adventure, which is the Christian walk, the Christian faith. It's not safe. It's full of challenges. And it involves being face down in prayer to God. Let me ask you, are you willing to live at that level Are you willing to raise the bar of faith in your own life? Which means that you need and have to be face down on your face in prayer before God to see the adventure through. I'm going to pray for us. These moments are always precious, but this is before God, okay? And I'm I'm keeping my eyes closed. I don't want to see who does or doesn't respond. This is between you and God, and it's certainly not to please me. You can stay seated if you want. But if this is a moment of saying, do you know what, Jesus? I've been using a plan B. I've been hedging my bets on a safe option, but actually that's not what you've you've called me to. And if you're ready to step up and step in to all that God has for you, we're going to show Jesus our willingness to surrender just by standing. So if that's you and you want to stand, let's do that now and we'll just pray. Father, first I want to pray for people who are sitting down who don't feel ready or able to be able to do this. And I thank you, Father, for each beautiful face, each one. And I thank you, Lord, that you will journey with them.
but your love for them is complete, nothing missing, nothing broken. Your love is complete for those people. And Jesus, I thank you for them. I thank you that you've got plans and purposes. Would you walk with them through that fear, Lord God, of, oh, I don't know where this is going, to get them to the point of being able to surrender with you. Lord, I pray that today love would be showered um, on them by your Holy Spirit, that they would, they would feel um, completely accepted and loved on by you and by this church. And now, Jesus, I want to pray, if there's anybody standing, because I haven't looked, Lord, but there was a shuffle. If there's anybody standing, Father, I pray that with arms out wide to you, we would surrender every part of our beings to you. Jesus, whether that's our work, whether that's the care of our family, whether that's our friendship groups, whether that's our dreams and visions, whether that's our talents and gifts, whether that's our finances, Jesus, we bring all of it into your storehouse and we say, Lord, when we surrendered our lives, we meant it. <laughs> we really meant it. We are just here for you. Father, our lives aren't our own to lead anymore. So Jesus, if there is a bar being raised for us, Lord, we step up and we step into it this morning. Father, we pray that a new level of surrender would affect this island, Lord. And that Jesus, as we live lives that are sold out for you, you would help us to reimagine what you might have for this island, that you might help us to restore, rebuild um, the ancient ruins, but Lord, to take new ground and new territory because the giants aren't all they think they are. Father, we are not grasshoppers in your sight, and we declare that we're not in our own sight. We believe that you live in us, and so, Father, we believe that no weapon formed against us can or shall prosper. So Jesus, today, would you heap blessing on this church? I pray that they won't just be a lighthouse, um, keeping up people away from storms, but they'll be a harbor for people to come in to rest. I pray, Jesus, that there would be that um, sense of, oh, I can bring this ship in and just, just park here and birth here and be loved upon and restored and, and made whole in Jesus' name before I go out until the next next journey and, and reach the next lighthouse and the next. Father, I pray epic fruit would come from this church, Lord God. Epic influence, Jesus. And that together across Wales, you would make your name um, famous and known and loved and respected. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, if you sit down. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Sean. Isn't it so encouraging just to yeah, be lifted up and do that? Guys, do you want to come? Uh, this is amazing. So on Friday